Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. I'm Candice. I'm Tyler. Yeah. And that's a thing. That's a thing that we yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We're making an effort. Right. Someday we will be professional. Maybe someday we will have a studio and more than one mic. Uh, maybe. All right. So, uh, what do we have in the world of anime news? Uh, I'll kind of let you start. Um, okay, so, one, I'm gonna throw this one out there. Sentai Filmworks has, uh, unveiled the Pet Girl of Sakura So anime's English dub cast. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that in recent episode, so, as one of my animes to watch. Yeah. So, it's, it's getting an English dub, if anyone's interested. Probably not, but <laughs> there you go. Okay, uh, my first thing that I have was kind of funny, and I haven't really been following this story, but if you guys want to go to Twitter, you guys could probably find it pretty easily. Apparently, a Chinese company named Shus... I'm gonna mispronounce uh, That sounds this. like trouble already. Uh, like, sh- does anything good come out of these, like, Chinese company announcements? Probably, no, not from this, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this properly, but I'll try. It's uh, Shenzhen uh, Guankai. I definitely mispronounced that. Uh, has trademarked the word Ageyao, and they're using stolen artwork to try to get Faku to stop selling their merch. Oh, Ageyao? Yeah. They trademarked that. They trademarked that. What? Yeah, since Ahigao <sighs> does not have an official translation in any language, it is a word that, in fact, can be trademarked. I, I mean, it's, it's just an amalgamation of, like, three different words that just were kind of crunched together, and that's, yeah. that's how it came to be. So Faku is currently fighting them in this situation because they are the ones that kind of made that, like, famous hoodie and have made, like, most of the merchandise surrounding that kind of degenerate culture. And yeah. it's not really right that this Chinese company has basically stepped in and was like, we're going to trademark this and basically have a market on that entire degenerate line of clothing. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's kind of funny for me. But it it is one of those things that while I don't really care for those hoodies or stuff like that, I do think that it is kind of bullshit that somebody's <laughs> trying to yeah. market it. And if the term uh, Ageao does get copyrighted or owned by a company, I'm sure that the community will just switch to another word. Yeah. Honestly, like... Yeah, pretty much. So um let's see toonami will be premiering fire force's second season starting october 24th oh that's cool so there's there's that yeah so i do have one more thing but it is major haiku spoilers (gasps) so i am going to save it for the end of the episode so if you guys are interested in the thing that i am going to talk about in anime news just Keep listening till the end, or if you don't have time to listen to the whole episode and you're curious, just jump to the end. But it is, like, spoilers for the ending of the Haikyuu manga, so. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. With that, I think we can go ahead and move on to our official subject for the day. We can. Which, uh, I mentioned last week we were actually going to do an episode about this anime, and... 
then just decided to do it this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yay for last minute recording. Yeah, basically. Uh, I don't think we've ever done an episode officially talking about this anime before, though. I don't so think so. I think it works out. Um, if you guys listened last week, you guys probably figured out already, we are talking about Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Mm-hmm. Because I stand by the fact that season two of Kaguya-sama was the best anime of last season. Yes. Uh, and I actually preferred season two over season one, to be honest. I actually did too. Like, and I loved season one. Like, it's not surprising to me that you preferred season two, because you constantly complained about season one. Yeah. But I loved season one for kind of all the reasons why you hated it, and I prefer season two. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't like season one as much because it, it put the a lot of the focus on the, the head-to-head with Kaguya and Shirogane, and... Mm-hmm. And it was always a battle between those two trying to get the other one to confess their love. And yeah. and to me, that was painful. So let's talk about like what the show's about just for people who haven't watched it. Okay. Uh, it's a student council, obviously. Yeah. It's about Kaguya, who is the vice president of the student council. And Shirogane, Shirogane who is the, the president. president. And the two of them have had a crush on each other for their the entire year. And these feelings have become, like, completely, like, over-the-top, like, anime crush feelings. Like, absolutely overly exaggerated. Yeah. But the problem is, is that they have both been put in a position of power to where, to them, the whole cliche of confessing your feelings for your crush is a sign of weakness and failure. So it's just not an option for them. So, like, with Kaguya, it's because she's the daughter of a very powerful family. Mm -hmm. And so for her to admit that, like, oh, I have a crush on this boy is, is like, oh, well, the family might not accept it because he's a commoner. He's not from a rich family. And for him, it's this idea that He's worked for everything he's had in his life. Like, his family is not rich. He doesn't come from a prestigious name or anything like that. But he's standing basically at the top of the, like, this mountain of just the most prestigious students in Japan. And he's not only holding his own with them, but he's basically leading them. And he got there from the bottom. And for him to basically cower down before this girl that he has feelings for would mean that he is given up to the social status that she has and that he's putting himself beneath her Mm -hmm. and so that's really the conflict of the first season is this idea that you have these two characters who in their own weird way are extremely developed one feeling like he has to constantly be putting himself above who he really is in order to continue to succeed and climb up the chain And the other one feeling that her lineage and what she's been told her entire life, like how she's supposed to live and how she's supposed to carry herself, are more important than her own feelings. But then it puts this in a very comedic situation where they both turn it into an absolute war. Yeah. And I love that concept because a lot of people have written it off as Sundere versus Sundere, but to me it is more complex than that. Yeah, um, so I will clarify a little. 
for me, it's it's really just the the points where it's it's literally the two competing to get the other one to confess, like yeah. <laughs> head on, that I did not like. Yeah. Uh, in other instances where it was like the one is clearly trying to get the other one to confess, but the you know the the other one isn't trying to do the exact same thing. Like those were comedic situations. Those were funny. I liked those. Well, and I think that's but kind it, of the beauty of the series is that the very early it's very very underhanded and maniacal from both parties, and you just at first you feel like. These two both deserve each other because they're horrible, but also neither of them deserve the other one because they're horrible. <laughs> and so you're supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to feel like these are both terrible people that shouldn't end up happy, but at the same time, maybe they deserve each other. But as the series goes on, even in the first season, we do see to start to see like a little bit of like that weakening, a little bit of that straining to keep up the the image that they've set up for themselves and you do see like them buckle a little bit under the pressure and while one person always seems to have some sort of upper hand in the situation it's usually the fact that the other one is buckling or caving that usually causes their plan to fall apart yeah because they've both gotten so used to the other one being so strong and underhanded that when they're weak and vulnerable, it catches them off guard. And it's kind of amazing to see these characters develop in a way that the more sensitive they become, the more powerful they become, but they also become weaker. Yeah. And in the end, it becomes more about the situation than about the characters. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And I, as much as I do say I like season two better... I don't think season two would be nearly as good if we didn't have all of that pressure built up from season one. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't think you have to like everything about it, but you got to appreciate where they came from. Uh, yeah, like I said, I do not like everything about it, but I, I can still overcome and, and enjoy this series. Yeah. At first, and this was the big thing, the first few episodes when the two characters were kind of both maniacal and deceiving and horrible people the fan base immediately clung to chica yeah the bubbly airheaded sweet girl who is really cute and somehow also really hot and is just likable because she's not a bitch like the other two <laughs> like, like, yeah the other two are just complete assholes and she's just like she, I, I think you said it at one of in one of our conversations at mm -hmm. one point where it's like, oh, she's like uh, the viewer in this situation where yeah. she's just like, just fucking kiss already. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She's also just like the ridiculously like stereotype best girl sugar and sweetness while also being really attractive and also being good at everything and being smart and... <laughs> you know... For being as smart as she is, she's pretty fucking dumb. Yeah, she's simultaneously dumb and ditzy while also being, like, this super intelligent, like, mathematician who's also, like, a professional pianist. And, like, she comes from just as prestigious of a line as Kaguya and is just as smart as the president. But she's so dumb at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But 
I think as that develops as well, we also start to see that Chica is less of the best girl and more of this horrible chaos factor in every situation. <laughs> yeah. And I love that as well, because at first, like, my first reaction to Chica is like, okay, here's the fan favorite. Here's the one everybody loves. Here's the meme. And just like a meme, eventually it drives you crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the best way to describe her. She's a meme. She She's the wild card of every episode, of every bit. I mean, she did become a meme with that dance, so... Yeah. Which, I'm still a bit bitter about the dance. <laughs> yeah. I love the Chica dance, but it's not best easy. It, it was a good dance, and, like... And goddamn, did they put so much of the budget into that animation. <laughs> right. Like, just the way her uniform, like, spins around and moves. It's like, I thought that was CG until I saw, like, the how they made it. That was all hand-drawn. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. Um, but it was only the ED for, like, one ending. It was, like, yeah. episode five or something, yeah, right? Yeah, it was just so random. <laughs> also love that she really does try to help. Like, she's not trying to destroy the situation. But her helping is always hindering. And it's to the point where is just kind of like, is she doing it on purpose, that slut? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you, you really do. You have to wonder, like, is she really trying to help? <laughs> you know, you, you have... I don't, I think it's because she just, she doesn't grasp the whole situation. Like, she she kind of gets an idea of what's going on, but but she doesn't get the whole picture. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, let's focus on this small portion that I understand. She's coming into the situation as an outsider with blinders on. Yeah. Like, she's only given so much information that she then has to calculate out and figure out what the best course of action to take is. And usually she takes the worst option. And again, it's not on purpose. At least I'm pretty sure it's not on purpose. God, I hope it's not on purpose. Like, can you... How... That would turn the whole thing around <laughs> of, like, who is the biggest asshole in the show. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I think probably one of the, like, cases that stands out for me immediately with Chica where she did that was this in season two where the school year ends and all of them are like, okay, this is this is the end of the student body council of this year. Next year we're going to get a new president and all that. And so they all decide to go out, you know, get some drinks after school and just kind of enjoy, you know, graduation or whatever from this year. And now they get to enjoy their third year completely differently. And Kaguya's kind of struggling because she's always referred to the president is president yeah and she's never called him by his name she's before like, how, how am i supposed to call this boy i like by his name yeah so first she's like thinking she's like okay well i should just be formal and call him by his last name that's that's the appropriate thing to do but she's like but we're really close and i could probably get away with calling him by his first name and then she's like oh that's just ridiculous what kind of horrible woman would do that and then immediately yeah. <laughs> chica calls him by his first name mm-hmm and I love, like, it goes by too fast in the scene to catch it, but somebody on Twitter actually paused it and screenshotted it. It shows, like, Chica, like, floating up by some balloons. And if you pause it, you can read that the balloons actually say the word slut. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. 
Oh. <laughs> it goes too fast yeah. to see it, but yeah, the balloons do say the word slut. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, and it's like, I don't think Chica's doing it on purpose. I think she just genuinely feels like she's comfortable enough around him to say his name like that, but... Yeah. At the same time, it from Kaguya's perspective, it does feel like Chica's trying to sabotage this, her. This girl coming in on my territory... My man. Yeah, basically. And I I love this series. I didn't expect to love this series as much as I did, especially the first time you described it, where you were just like, oh, it's just two assholes being assholes. It's two assholes trying to get each other to confess, and they're just awful at it. Yeah, the reason I gave it a second chance is because I saw a lot of reviews saying it was the funniest show of the season, that season, and I'm like... All right, I'll, I'll check it out. And then I watched the first episode. I'm like, Tyler's crazy. This is hilarious. And then I watched the whole first season. I'm like, okay, Tyler, just binge it. Just binge the whole first season. Get through it. And then you were like, okay, it wasn't that bad. Like. Yeah. It was the same situation as like the first time I tried to watch Konosuba and I just couldn't do it. And then you were just like, no, ser- no it's funny. No, just, just trust me. Sit down and watch like, it. Like, don't take it seriously. Just turn your brain off and watch it. And that's exactly how Kaguya-sama is at first. If you're going into it thinking this is going to be a really serious series, you're going into it the wrong way. It is a series of unfortunate events put in the form of pretentious anime high school students. Yeah. Uh, so it's almost like a series of shorts each episode. Yeah. Um, is is the original... Uh, source material is it like a uh, like a short four panel comic or something like that i think it has some chapters that are short panel comics like every now and again it'll be like a little like four panel page but i think for the most part each of the skits are written out like normal manga and that it it's just each chapter is kind of its own contained story instead of, like, the whole book. Like, normally when you read a manga, the whole book is kind of one. It's kind of like one long, continuous story. Yeah, it's kind of like a whole episode or it's a whole arc, depending on the manga and the source material. But I think with this one's like, each chapter is its own bit. And that's yeah, okay. kind of how they anime handled it. Okay. So, like I said, I do think some of them are shorter than others. But it's it's not quite like Azumanga Daio. Okay. But if you guys have seen Azumanga Daio, I think you'll enjoy Kaguya-sama, because it has that similar pacing to it. Yeah, it does. So, but I, I do think Kaguya is a little bit more fleshed out. Because sometimes the previous bits do build up to future bits as well, which I think Azumanga Daio did as well, but not Yeah, Azumanga Daio did it a little bit. Um... If you guys have not read Azumanga Daio, you probably have seen a four-panel comic from the same artist, where it's like, this couple's going to the movie theater... And, like, there's a cat behind the counter that's just like, what kind of popcorn do you want? Salty or sweet? And the guy's like, like, I want it like my girlfriend. And the cat's like, we don't sell ugly popcorn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's the same artist that did Azumanga Daio. Is that really the same artist? Yeah. I guess it makes sense because the the cat looks like the cat from Azumanga Daio. I think that's one of my favorite (laughs) comics ever, read that i was he's like i want it to be like my girlfriend i was thinking that he's like okay salty it is because that would have been my response but it just goes comes out he's like we don't sell ugly popcorn (laughs) yeah (laughs) god i miss (laughs) azamangadayo ah that one was a 
That was a crazy series. Yeah, so I know this is supposed to be about Kaguya-sama, but if you guys have not watched Asamanga Daio, go watch it. It's... Was that 90s or early 2000s? It was early 2000s. Okay. I was in middle school to high school when that one came out. I was going to say, I think it's almost the same level of kind of weird, over-the-top humor as, like, Cromartie High School. Yeah, but it's cuter. Uh, Cuter, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely cuter. It's it's that same genre of comedy, though. Yeah. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched Azamanga Dial without laughing my ass off. And it's good in both the dub and the sub. Yeah. Because I feel like the dub cast just had a ton of fun with it. Where they just realized they could do that thing where they're just kind of obnoxious. You kind of had to, though. Like, it's one of those series that's so out there that you just kind of have to... You can't do a direct translation. You have to just kind of, like, play it up and ad-lib a little and just just have fun with it. My favorite scenes in Azumanga Daioh are the ones where, like, the main teacher is supposed to be, like, the foreign language teacher. So she's supposed to be, like, teaching everybody English. But it implies that she can speak multiple languages. But her friend is the popular teacher. She's, like, the gym teacher or whatever. And she's the one that all the students like because she's so nice and sweet and everything. And the two of them always go out drinking. And there's one episode where they run into, like, a foreigner. And the foreigner's, like, trying to ask her a question and she can't understand. So the way they translated the foreign, like, language instead of actually just having them speak, like, Italian, he's just going, blah, 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 blah. And then the teacher's like, ah, yes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, that's that's when you get that's what happens when you have a bilingual character that with not a bilingual voice actor. It was the same way in the manga though. Like instead of actually having like a foreign language, oh my goodness, it was just like a bunch of like random squiggles in the Japanese, uh, and then in the English it was just blah 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 blah. So so that's what happens when the artist can't speak two yeah. languages. <laughs> Because, yeah, I think the original is, like, they try to take, like, kanji, but, like, make it look like it was foreign, so it was just a bunch of random squiggles. So. Makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. But, back to Kaguya, because it does really have that similar pacing to it, where it's, like, instead of focusing too much on, like, one episode's gonna be one theme, we get a bunch of little skits, and each skit ends with a winner and a loser. Yeah, it'll be, like... Today's winner, Kaguya, for this. Yeah. And it gives a brief explanation of, like, why they won. Yeah, and a lot of times they'll be like, the winner today, no one, because they both suck. (laughs) No no one, because they're both terrible. Yeah, so we get... You can tell when each bit is over, but I guess some of the bits do overlap with with future ones. Mm-hmm. So it's not like one of those that you could just start on any random episode and pick it up. You do need to watch from the beginning. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of... I mean, there's a overarching story somewhat. Yeah. So... And like I said, I think where this series strives, aside from its comedy, is in its character development. Because these are two characters from the very beginning have decided that they are already where they want to be. And are already on their paths to the futures that they've seen for themselves. But the factor that they haven't quite figured out is how to deal with their feelings for each other. And that's the thing that ultimately starts to uproot them from their place in the world. And changes them for better or for worse. And from our perspective as 
you know, poor, simple commoners, we see this development as good. It's a positive thing that they're becoming more human. But from their perspective, it's confusing and stressful and bad. Uh, in their defense, they're high school kids. They're yeah. They're young. They're stupid and confused <laughs> and bad, okay? Yeah. Any high school kid that's listening to this right now, you're stupid, you're confused, you're bad. <laughs> that's just the way it is. We were all there, okay? Weed out like our audience, Tyler. <laughs> what i do we don't hate you kids okay we're just we've all been high school students (laughs) exactly these kids though like kaguya and the president they are super high school students though because while their feelings for romance and social interaction is very immature and young they are both very prestigious people who have super genius brains and are both extremely athletic and well not just that but like i like kaguya is very uh innocent to the point that she laughs if chika even says ochinchin oh, <laughs> <laughs> like ooh she said a naughty word my favorite thing about kaguya very early is that she thought that losing your virginity meant that you've had your first kiss <laughs> yes, because everyone knows kissing gets you pregnant. Yes. <laughs> like, that's how ignorant she was because she never had that proper education. So she always thought that, like, being a virgin meant that you've never kissed anybody before. Yeah. Or when people say your first time, they're referring to your first kiss. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. So she she mentioned, she's like, oh, yeah, no, I've had my first time. It was with my cousin. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a <laughs> whole different mess. everyone a heart attack. <laughs> well, because at first she doesn't explain the cousin thing. She just says, yeah, yeah, I've had my first time. Like, And then the president's just like, oh, my God, mm. what? No, who was this man? What, what, what happened? I was supposed to be her first. Yeah, and then she later explains that it was her cousin, and that makes the whole situation worse. And then she explains it was when she was a kid, and that makes it even worse. Uh, yeah, it's it's a terrible series of misunderstandings. Yeah, and so when they explained her a one, there's a difference between your first kiss and kissing your cousin. Those are two very different things. But two, your first time is not your first kiss. (laughs) Uh, To which she, you know, finally realizes and goes beat red. Yeah, I think that's what led her into her fever, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since I watched the first season, but I know she gets like a horrible fever. I think it was because of that. Yeah, she gets a horrible fever to which the president goes and visits her. Which was one of the best episodes. That was one of the best episodes. Yeah. And that was one of the times when uh, Kaguya's maid, Hayasaka, started to shine, too. Yeah. Because, like, she's just like, oh, yeah, the, you know, she's like, Kaguya's in there. Go go check, you know, and, and don't worry. Don't make any sounds, like, laying it on thick. Like, yeah. I will be able to hear you if something happens. <laughs> like, like hinting at her, at him, like, hey, 
do something. Yeah. You know? I really, really like Hayasaka a lot as a character. I don't think she's best girl. I know she's your favorite, but I don't think she's best girl for one particular reason. Because she definitely plays up the idea of being a supporting role. And I feel like the supporting role doesn't necessarily get the moment to shine as best girl. But also I feel a lot of the things about her is really phony. And we get that a lot in season two where almost everything she does is an act or a front. Yeah. So for me, it's like, while I love her and I think she's like this pinnacle character throughout the whole series, I just can't deem her best girl. But I do think that particular episode with the fever was what changed everybody's mind from being Chika's best girl to Kaguya's best girl. Yeah. And I think it's the reason Chika didn't get nominated for best girl in the anime awards because... The fandom was so split on it. There was this basic simps that were like, yeah, Chica, Chica's best girl. But then there was the cultured people that were like, no, it's Kaguya. Mm-mm, boy, let me tell you. It's, it's Kaguya. It's Kaguya. And if, honest, be honest, Tyler, if you had to choose between Chica or Kaguya, who's best girl? Oh, Kaguya. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely like, like no, Kaguya. No question between those two. <laughs> like, she is great. Like... She might be the ideal slice-of-life girl. She has the tsundere personality. She's got a little bit of the yandere from some perspectives. But her true self is just this sweet, wonderful, kind of dumb girl. Who is just a hopeless romantic. (laughs) Yeah... And uh, she learns to cook, and she's just, she's great. Uh, isn't there some point in the second season where she gets all ditzy? Yeah. Yeah, she's just like, oh, my goodness, the president. I know there's a nickname for that version of her. It's like Kagudum or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what it is, but there is an official fan nickname for that personality that she has. It's the personality where she's the little flower out of her head and she's just kind of ditzy it's either kagudum or ditzy yeah or something like that yeah yeah i forget what it is but it it is a canon thing and i just i don't i love her i love her so much she's so i think one of my favorite moments and turning points was also when chica brought the book that was talking about like the uh how many flowers you want or whatever or like think of a number and that's how many flowers you wish somebody would bring you and Kaguya thinks of like a ridiculously high number without knowing and she's like oh that's how many flowers you want delivered to you and then she just has this vision like a dump truck like dumping flowers on her and it's like that's kind of the moment where she really she's a little bit girly like she's not this like super prestigious person deep down she just she wants to be a normal girl and her position is not one that she chose, like the president's, but hers is one that was forced on her from a very young age. And because of that, we as an audience get to relate to her a little bit more. Yeah. Because if she had her way, she would just... She would confess. Yeah, she she would confess. She would obviously, you know, marry the president. Uh, and they'd have a happy little family with, like, 17 children. Yeah. In the very least, she would be able to have cake with him and explain why she wanted to have not, cake with him. Not just any cake. <laughs> like, six foot tall, giant wedding cake. 
that was easily my favorite episode of season two. Yeah, that was so, a good one. So my favorite episode of season one was the fireworks episode. Oh, without a doubt. Like, I don't think anyone can look at season one and be like, oh, I didn't like the fireworks episode. There's been a lot of slice of life anime that have done fireworks. It's become one of the most common tropes in romance, rom-com, and slice of life at this point. Everybody knows that eventually you're going to end up at a summer festival with fireworks. Yeah. We just know it. It's just... It's just how it is. There's there's yeah. always the fireworks. And I've always hated firework episodes in anime because I'm just like, I don't feel like anybody does it right. I kind of prefer firework scenes in, like, fan comics and, like, doujin and stuff like that as opposed to actual canon anime because I feel like fans tend to write these scenes better. But there was just something special about the Kaguya firework scene. It was so absolutely perfect. From the buildup of us learning that Kaguya is actually a very different girl than the person that we've seen up to this point, the fever kind of revealing who she really is, the sudden shift in the fan base to seeing her as the true best girl of the series, and the sudden resentment for the unseen father who has basically decided what her life was going to be like. And then finding out all of this is built up to the fact that she has never watched fireworks outside of her room, which meant she's never got to spend this time with friends. And at this point, we have not only learned about the president, but Chika and Ishigami, who are her friends. And it's not just about her confessing feelings anymore, but her just living a normal life. What is... Is it ever made clear? What is Chika's role in the the uh, student council? Uh, sec- uh, secretary. Secretary. Okay, because yeah. Ishigami is treasury. Yeah. So she's secretary. Okay. Yeah, it does establish that. but I figured it did, but it, like, it, it never really comes up. Like, like yeah. I think they say it, but they're, they're never like, oh, our secretary will, you know. Yeah. Normally, firework scenes in anime, though, are built up to the, be this idea of it's the place where you confess. And it's always that awkward moment where it's like they're so distracted by the fireworks that they don't even notice the confession. Oh, I love you. I'm sorry, what? Did you say something? I'm sorry, something? Fi- the fireworks were really loud. Yeah, <laughs> it's always that. It's always that kind of scene. Yeah. Or it's always that the main character who wants to confess is so taken up by the scenery that they can't confess. And that's that's usually the trope. It's usually just the fireworks dominate the situation. But with Kaguya, the situation was really that it wasn't about her confessing. It wasn't about her feelings for the president. It wasn't about that. It was her about. It was about her wanting to be a teenage girl. It was about her wanting to be normal and escape her life for even just a single night. And we see all of the characters up to this point play a role in that. And in the end, when they're in that car watching the fireworks, the fireworks are not dominating the scene. Yeah. It's her feelings for him. Because she's not even watching the fireworks anymore. Yeah, because she's starting to realize, like, all of the stuff that he went through and everything he did to actually make it possible for her to see the fireworks with everyone. And I've never seen that done before, ever, where the fireworks are not the scene. Yeah. It's the characters. 
And it was the best fireworks scene. The fireworks are pretty. He's prettier. (laughs) (laughs) And damn, I just... If the anime ended there with the confession actually happening, I would have been perfectly happy with that, honestly. Uh, So, I just have to laugh at that he's prettier comment (laughs) because of that episode in the second season. (laughs) When when he actually has, has gotten enough sleep for, like, the first time in his entire high school career... And he looks refreshed, and he doesn't have bags under his eyes, and he's not like, he doesn't have that typical glare that he has, yeah. and Kaguya's like, do I even love him anymore? <laughs> like, everybody starts to think like, oh, wow, he's the kind of guy I want to go hang out with karaoke after school, or I want to be friends with him, and he becomes suddenly, like, super popular, and he's like, I could use this against Kaguya, and then she's just like, who the fuck are you? I know. He's he's realizing. He's like, oh, man. Am I becoming popular? I bet Kag- Kaguya would love this. And she's just like, come back when you have had not a full night's sleep. She's just like, am I, is this true love if I don't like him like this? Yeah. I love that scene because she's trying to talk to the girl about like that. She just keeps using the phrase true love. And the girl's like, cringe, 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 cringe. cringe. But, but it's Kaguya. I can't just be like, you're cringy girl. The whole cringe factor of that was really what sold that scene. Because she can't give her any true advice because she's just like, you're talking like a six-year-old. Yeah. So so she's just like, yeah, I guess it could still be true love. I think the best part is that she's just like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to like everything about the person in order for it to be true love. It's just, you know, how you feel. And then... Chica comes along and they're talking about it and she goes like, oh man, if you don't love them all the time, then it's fake as hell, girl. (laughs) In in comes Chica to ruin everything again. Chica's so confidently wrong about everything all the time. But she says it with confidence. Yep. <laughs> and as we've all learned throughout humanity, if you say something with confidence, people will believe you. Speaking of Chica's confidence, I think one of the best running bits of the entire franchise is how Chica is the one who has to train the president in all of the things that he's bad at. <laughs> it comes up like three times. <laughs> and every time, he's just the worst person. My f- it starts with the volleyball thing. Because he wants to, like, prove that he's athletic. Because, like, Kaguya could do archery, and she's athletic, and she does, like, fencing and stuff like that. But he doesn't have anything like that, because he's all academic. So he's like, if I could win volleyball. It's like, if I, I need to show that I'm good at volleyball. And he and, can't play volleyball. And so for like a week straight, she just pounds into him <laughs> how to play volleyball. And it's like, even to the point where like, he's trying to serve the ball and he just slaps himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how bad he is. And it led to one of the best Chica memes ever of that season, where she just looks tired and exhausted and 
like ghost like pale and she's just pointing and she's like, just pointing I to him, like leaning, leaning into like her neighbor she's like i raised that boy <laughs> oh i missed that meme that was a good one right <laughs> this show is the best meme content ever it is. It's, it's really good. And then we got that back with season two, because we never thought we'd get that scene ever again. But then season two, she finds out that he's lip singing to the Yeah, he's lip syncing. He's not actually singing. Yeah, and so she's <laughs> he's, just like... He's just like, well, I know all the words, but I can't sing. Yeah, and at first she's telling him, like, that's disgraceful. You're the school president. You need to sing the song even if you're not great at it. And then he starts singing. He's like... Oh, dear God, please don't ever sing again. <laughs> and then she's like, here's a note. Here's another note. You see how they're different? You don't, because you're tone deaf. <laughs> and so at first, it's like this frustrating thing where she's like, no, no, I can't do this again. I cannot put myself through that. And then he goes through this, like, tragic backstory. He's like, it's okay. The whole time I was in elementary school, the teachers just told me to give up, that I would never be able to sing. And they were right. I'll never be able to sing. Because oh, it'll just... never happen. And she's like, okay, I'll raise, I'll teach you to <laughs> she, sing. She, she's like, oh, my heart, fine, <laughs> I'll teach you to sing. Then when he does get to sing with the whole class and he's doing it for real and it sounds so good, she just, like. She just breaks down into <laughs> tears. She's like, oh my God. And everybody's like, is she okay? She's getting emotional over the school song. But yeah, I, and then she's like, well, thank God I never have to go through that again. And the narrator's <laughs> like, she will have to go through that again. Yeah, <laughs> at, at least once more. Yep. And the next time was the uh, dance, the fisherman dance. Yes. Which I know this dance. I have actually learned this dance and I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And he did not. And he lives in Japan. Yep. So... <laughs> That was so funny, too, though, because, like, Chica's like, no, you need to dance with emotion and feel it. And then, and then like, she gives up on, on him, and he's like, oh, well, I'll get Kaguya to teach me. And, and, Kaguya's, and Kaguya's like, just just memorize. He didn't even ask Kaguya. The thing is, he's like, well, I guess I'll just learn from this video. I'd, I'd feel bad if I replaced Chica. And then Kaguya came in, and she's like, oh, I'll teach you. And Chica's like, oh, you replaced me? Oh, really now? <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's one of those great comedic <laughs> moments, but it's like, she, you know, Kaguya's teaching method is completely different. It's like, just remember the choreography and, and do it. Yeah, just mimic it. Just, it could be empty. Just do it. Just, just yeah. memorize the steps. And and she goes like, and he learns it from watching them argue <laughs> he, about it. No, they're, <laughs> no, they're arguing over him. Like, yeah. Kaguya's got like one arm and Chika's got the other arm. And they're pulling him. And, and, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> and then finally he's like stop and like throws them both off and he's like i get it now i know what it feels like to be the net <laughs> and then they show him doing the dance and they're like, this is the most beautiful interpretation of this dance ever <laughs> it's just a stupid moment but it's so great i I'm bringing back the I raised that boy me. <laughs> Can we please? <laughs> like,
like, Chica's not best girl, but damn, does she get some of the best moments. Yeah, I also want to make a meme of the, oh, so you replaced me. <laughs> yes, do it. Evil Chica's great. I also love during the uh, president arc, where she finds out that the uh, competition, like, sees her as, like, the ultimate senpai. And she's like, oh... I stand by you forever. You're so great. I, you're honorable and I'll be part oh, of your body. Oh, and I will do anything you ask, Chica. Yeah, and then, well, the Chica's like, I support her because she's good. She's pure and she's good and she's better than you. And then she joins their campaign, but then sees what, like, their campaign promises are. She's like, oh, dear God. What have I what done? What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and she bails, like, immediately. <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, Chica's not a good person, you guys. No, no, no she's not. Uh, so I have to bring this up, is fuck, the president is so goddamn charming when he's not trying to be. Right? Oh my god! Like, like in, especially in the second season, he has some of those moments. Yeah, the first season was the fireworks. Yeah. Because he wasn't trying, he wasn't trying to win over Kaguya. Exactly. He was just trying to do the right thing. Exactly. And then, like... In the second season, like, there's the stargazing episode where, you know, Kaguya's like, I know what I can do to get him to, to get his heart, you know, to give him the doki dokies. Yeah. You know? And then he does it. And then, <laughs> and then he's just like, without thinking, he's like, oh, yes, look over here and like, pulls her close and like, look up there. That's, that's this star. And it leads into this constellation. Yeah. Or like, the first thing was heard like, being like, oh, I'll tell him that I'm cold and he'll have to give up his jacket and it'll make him all flustered. And then, like, and before, before... <laughs> she even like asks, he just throws the jacket around her. Yeah. And he's just like, you look cold. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? Like, he is the best boy. He is unquestionably the best boy, but he doesn't know it. <laughs> The problem is when he's trying, he doesn't, I, he just doesn't realize what you need to do. Even the backstory with Ishigami, like when he's not, when it has nothing to do with Kaguya or when he's like running for president, again, it has nothing to do with Kaguya. He has these moments that are just like, this is best boy material. Right? He is absolutely best boy material. Like my favorite thing is, uh, like him writing the note for Ishigami that says like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's just like, shut up idiot yeah like that that was like this incredible moment like this series has these moments that are just like this is top tier slice of life anime okay but like honestly with but it's ishigami broken up into like awful humor yeah but like with ishigami like that was i think one of the most powerful moments in Absolutely. the series all together because you know ishigami he's all you know he has these confidence issues because of his past, obviously. And how people view and, him. And how people view him. And it, it even, it builds up into, like, the sports episode. Like, the sports, sports festival. festival. You know, when when his cheerleading club is like, oh, you, you gotta run for us. Because the, the guy who was supposed to do it sprained his ankle. Yeah. You know, and, and so he, he doesn't have these confidence issues. And, and, like, he goes into this flashback. And you realize that the girl that has caused these issues is there at the sports day, you know, and, and she's basically insulting him and whatnot. Yeah. And and it goes to that flashback of Shirogane writing the note, you know, that was supposed to be an apology. 
you know. Yeah, we won't go was... too into this because this seriously is an arc you guys should just experience and, because. And it's like it leads into that moment, and it's like, yes, yeah, fantastic. I honestly think if the writer of Kaguya-sama wanted to write a very serious slice of life anime, they absolutely could have done it. Oh, absolutely. They did not need to go with the comedy element of the series. They could have just written something that was genuinely powerful. Mm -hmm. But what makes Kaguya-sama so fantastic is that it has these incredibly powerful moments that would compete with even the best anime sandwiched in between these ridiculous misunderstandings and scenarios. <laughs> and it's just... It's so quality, you guys. Yeah. Like, he brings both sides of it. Like, here's a stupid skit about the... Uh, like, what's her name? The f one that was competing to be president walking in and thinking... <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Hearing the president hearing, say, I'm hearing, into hearing, black panties. <laughs> my my favorite was that of that was like when, when she walks in to Kaguya giving Shirogane like the hand massage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they're like on the, the sofa or whatever, so she can't see the complete view of what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so she just kind of sees Kaguya over Shirogane and he's crying out. He's like, no, no, if you make me feel any better, I'll die. <laughs> so the buildup was like, Kaguya wanted to know what kind of underwear he liked, as in what he wears. <laughs> as what, yeah. And she heard from Ishigami that men who wear boxer briefs are perverts. So so she asks him, like, what kind of underwear he likes. And he's like, oh, well, if I say I like black panties, she's going to think I'm a pervert. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, so he's like, okay, you know, I like those ones with, like, a lot of fabric, but they still <laughs> hug the body nice. And, which is boxer Which is briefs. boxer briefs. <laughs> You know, for men. You know, but he was thinking, like, booty shorts for girls. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Kaguya's like, no! He's a man whore! Yeah, as soon as the other girl walks in, Kaguya's like, the president's a man whore! And runs out, and this poor first-year girl is like, he's a what? And he's like, no, you misunderstand, I like black panties! Oh, yeah, it's just... <laughs> Quality comedy, guys. Yeah. Quality comedy. You get that shit, and then the next episode, we get this extremely heartfelt, powerful moment, and then the next episode, it's all just taken away. They just pull the rug out from under us. <laughs> it's so fantastic, and I just can't think of another series that does both at that level of quality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think one of my favorites was uh, Ishigami, basically, like, they're trying to teach the new girl to be a little bit more lenient about rules, because she's yeah, such a crazy, she's... like, stick in the mud. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, you need to be a little bit lenient with people, because if you're lenient with them, then they'll trust you, and then you can enforce the rules a little bit stricter. So they start going, like, extreme with it, and Ishigami just plugs in his Nintendo Switch into the school's TV, <laughs> and then the president just starts playing, and they're just playing Mario Kart against each other, and 
the whole time they're like completely distracted by their game and the girls are like let's take funny let's take selfies, selfies with and ugly to which, faces to which the, the girl's like no we can't do that this the cell phones are only for emergency use while at school <laughs> and so the kaguya gets so self-conscious about like her ugly face that because they want to like oh let's do ugly face photo and so she's doing like an ugly face. She's like, "Oh, how is how is this appealing?" And she goes like, "Oh, it's so cute. It's so adorable. I'm making my wallpaper." She's like, "It's cute." So she goes to show the she president. Goes, she goes to show president and Ishigami, who are still like playing Mario Kart, yeah. really, <laughs> you know. And she does the, the the ugly face, and they both look at her like horrified. What was that? And so she gets so upset, she makes them do an ugly face so she can make it her wallpaper. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I also really loved that the second season really focused a lot on taking photos and using your cell phone a lot because it really built up to this idea of how Kaguya's outdated flip phone that she's had since she was a little girl is so significant to her and how much of a tragedy it is in the last episode when she's forced to upgrade to a smartphone. Yeah. And I won't spoil that too much. Like, I've already spoiled a bit, but the buildup to the conclusion of how she deals with that emotionally is absolutely fantastic. And yeah. Um, and like it also plays on the whole, like, Oh, like all teenagers have a smartphone now. So, so it's, you know, yeah, her it's going to become essential. So her having to upgrade from this flip phone now is, is become kind of a big deal. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm moving on, I'm, I'm stepping up, I'm actually in the world of teenagers again, you yeah. know? Yeah. Part of it is like, okay, you know, I'm making the upgrade and becoming normal, but the other part of it is like, this is something that's been in her life the whole time, and the photos are unrecoverable, so she loses all of those memories, and that really builds into something special, and yeah. like I said, I won't spoil that for you guys, but it's just such a good moment, and this series is just littered with it. Like, those moments that really make you genuinely care about these characters and love them. And like I said, this is easily one of the best slice of lives I've ever watched. And I will argue that. And I'm not the type who loves slice of life. You guys have listened to me recommend anime for a little over a year now. And it's rare when I say a slice of life is quality. I'm a nerd who likes slice of life. <laughs> How do you think this one holds up against other slice of life? It's pretty top tier. Yeah. I think this is the best school festival arc I've ever seen. Is easily the best fireworks arc I've ever seen. It it handles teenagers very differently than the standard te like teenager tropes and I almost feel like the writer understands teenagers a little bit better because yeah, these are very extreme high prestigious teenagers that are very different from your average teens, but a lot but of the essential, issues they essentially deal with, they're all the same. Yeah, a lot of the issues they're dealing with and a lot of the character development they go through feels very genuine and very real and I like that and it's almost as if the creator was once a teenager. Yeah, but I don't think I could write a teenager that well and I was a teenager once. I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> well, we know Tyler wasn't a teenager. I was never a teenager. Yeah. I was born 33 years old. <laughs> sure looks like it. I've seen your kid photos, all right? Uh. <laughs> like, why does this five-year-old have a beard? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you know. They, they thought I was somehow cursed 
like a cursed leprechaun. Yeah. They, they, they almost <laughs> killed me, okay? Like, that's just the way it was. Okay, but legitimate, there's a total of, like, three photos of you as a child. Uh, so my dad definitely has a photo of me when I was a baby and I had blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. My, my hair turned brown. Yeah, most people do. Like, usually your hair becomes more neutral as you get older. Yeah. It's more extreme when you're younger. But yeah, like, I know your mom has, like, two photos of you hanging up in, like, the living room. And then I've seen one, like, candid photo of you as a kid. I know, I was hideous. No, you weren't. Even now, I'm hideous. <laughs> I've accepted it. But yeah, as far as I'm aware, that kid was a stand-in. <laughs> and your mom just didn't want to admit that her child was born 33. It was, it was, a, it was a cardboard <laughs> cutout of some other kid. <laughs> she rented a child for family photos. It's like, yes, this is the son you've all heard about. <laughs> My whole life is a lie. <laughs> But yeah, my point being, the writer writes teenagers properly, and in a way that actually makes sense, that they're on the verge of adulthood, so they do understand adult things, but they're still kind of innocent, and they're very ignorant of a lot of stuff as well. Yeah. I love that about this series, and I love that they have real problems, too. Their problems aren't, OMG, how am I supposed to pass the... The midterm exam so I could get into college. Oh, oh my god. My crush confessed to someone else. And there are characters that are like that in this series. There's a couple in particular that are these standard high school <laughs> couples yeah. issues. Like, and, and they always come to like Kaguya and Shirogane for advice. Yeah, and Ishigami <laughs> claims that he's the love master. I'm the love master. <laughs> But yeah, like, so we do have those stereotype characters that would be your typical protagonists in the slice of life, but I feel like the four main characters are genuinely, like, the realistic teenagers. Yeah. It's funny because they are on a very different level. You're never going to meet a girl who's so popular, who's so prestigious in her family line that it's actually illegal to take her photo. Uh, no, it's illegal to have, uh, to use her photo in, like, uh, public publications. Yeah. So, like, so, like, no magazines, no, uh, pamphlets, pamphlets you know, no, none of that kind yeah, of Yeah, she can't even have her photo publicized as the vice president of the student council. Yeah. So, like, that's how strict it is. Like, the closest she could have is, like, photos on her cell phone or her friend's cell phone. Yeah. That's it. Like... You're never going to meet somebody like that, but you are going to meet somebody who has strict parents and has had to, you know, halt her social life because of how much she's focused on her family issues and has probably never had a boyfriend in high school because she was told that she had to work or she had to get good grades or she didn't have time for that nonsense. And yeah, so it really does. It takes some of these uh, issues and just bumps them up to the extreme. Yeah. And so, like I said, I think that's why Kaguya's best girl, because she's not realistic, but she's relatable. And she made a heart omelet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> sorry. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, 
How would you rate this one? Oh, this one's beyond a 10. <laughs> this like, is like a 14. Yeah. Like, this was not only the best anime of last season, but this has been one of the best continuing series, and I am so excited for season three. Uh, I still haven't heard if, like, it, that's been announced. Has it been announced? I don't know if it's officially been announced, but I would be shocked if it didn't happen. Yeah. Because... I, that's the, fair. The manga, I believe, has wrapped up, but I know that there is enough content for a third season. Okay. So there's also a spin-off series okay. of like the student, uh, not the student council, but the like the the one the one girl that was. No, it's the like reporters, like the newspaper, school newspaper. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they are in season one, but they're such a minor role in season one. And I've heard that they do have a more reoccurring role in the manga, but there's also a spin-off series focused just around them. Okay. So yeah, that's this, interesting. The series is absolutely brilliant, you guys. Please go check it out. Uh, absolutely go check it out. Uh, so I think we can wrap up here. Yes. Um, I I do have a poorly described anime series. All right, let's hear it. Okay. Um, I really do think you're going to get this one, but it's pretty good. Okay, so here it is. Insurance company tries to convince man to stop breaking stuff. Oh, uh, Trigun. Yes. <laughs> I knew you would get it. But, like, you hear that description and you're just like, wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you really could have pushed it a little bit more by uh, including his age. Because isn't he, like, super old? Yeah. yeah, so like insurance company tries to convince elderly man, hundred and fifteen year old man, to stop breaking shit. Yeah, I think you even could have just said elderly man, and it would have thrown me off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, good times. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would have figured it out because I knew he was older than he looks, but I, yeah. I think that's one that could throw other people off. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked that one. Uh, and with that, I do have that news announcement that I mentioned that is the Haikyuu spoilers. So if you do not want to be spoiled for Haikyuu, thank you for listening. And if you don't care. So in the final chapter of Haikyuu, we do get to see the Summer Tokyo Olympics. And the two teams that are competing against each other is Japan versus Argentina. And we do see that most of the Monster Generation characters from Haikyuu, which is their official nickname. Because they were all fucking monsters. Yeah, and they all came out of the same year of high school, basically, or the same three years of high school. And most of them did make it to the Japanese team. But there's one character in particular who was a major character in the series that never really got to be part of that official Monster Generation title but really deserved it because he was just as good as them and that was oikawa he never got to be part of it because he never made it to nationals but they do mention like if he had gone to shiatorizawa he would have easily been part of that generation and because of that he, he actually traveled abroad and studied volleyball in other countries he's actually part of the argentina team that's competing against japan in the final chapter which is really, really fitting as he's probably the closest thing to an antagonist this series has. But what's interesting about this, and the reason why I brought it up, is because the official Argentina website has meant, has put Oikawa as a real member of their national volleyball team. 
Uh, so basically what you're telling me is that the entirety of the Argentinian population are weebs. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the Argentina volleyball team did, in fact, like, officially include Oikawa as a member of their team as a setter, and they even had a uniform made for him. And Argentina's basically decided that Oikawa was the main protagonist of IQ, and we're not going to tell them they're wrong. No, no one's going to prove them otherwise. Yep. All I know is my favorite tweet about this was somebody saying, man, it's going to be really confusing in a year when all these weebs show up to the Tokyo Olympics cheering for Argentina. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's going to be weird. Oh, uh, what's going to be even weirder is all the weebs in the sand going, let's go, let's go, let's, let's go, go Dr. Dr. Ko. <laughs> uh... I know you love that chant. Like, I know it's your favorite. Absolutely love it. I just, I just, every time I hear it, you know, I just, I'm raging hard on, okay? Just, you don't understand. I know what gets to you, man. Anyway, (laughs) and with that, we're going to say thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.